Hey there, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, Laura and I break down Carey Price's meeting with the media. We preview the game against the Minnesota Wild, and we touch on some of the leftover mailbag questions from last week. All that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode 712 of Locked On Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. If you were listening wherever you get your podcast, and if you are watching us on YouTube, thank you for subscribing, and make sure you ring the bell so you know whenever we post a new video, go live, or do anything else fun. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, before we get into previewing uh, tonight's game against the Minnesota Wild, we 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 gotta do more. Uh, not sad Carey Price news, but maybe not the best Carey Price. I don't know how to phrase this because it's not a bad thing, but it's not a good thing either. It's just it's Schrodinger's Carey Price, basically, that we don't know which way to go with this, and we are a little in our feelings about this. I thought it was interesting that this press conference was announced a while ago. I want to say it was like a week or more, and immediately following that tweet, I think it was Eric Engels that had talked about how this was happening immediately following it. He said, this is not a retirement announcement. And today all of the headlines say Carrie price is not retiring. So I think for me, the fact that that's the headline kind of obscures how his quality of life has been of late I, you know, I'm on the record as a huge Carey Price fan. I was way back in the day when there were doubts about him, when they traded Halak, I, I defended the decision. Like, I've, I'm like a diehard Carey Price fan, right? I think that the way that he plays the game, or he played the game, I don't know at this point what to say. Um, I think that the way that he played the game kind of, it transformed the way athletes train to become goalies. Uh, and I think he he has this he has this grace and this effortlessness to his game that I think a lot of people have tried to emulate. At the same time, I'm very conscious of the fact that he is aging out of the league. I mean, this was the case prior to this this uh, latest. I, I guess it's the same injury over and over again, but prior to this latest iteration of it, after that Stanley Cup run you know, that was still the case. He was still aging out of the league, right? It's just that he had some game left in him. And now it's like, does he have some game left in him? And uh, he used the word miracle, I think, today at one point. Um, and the, the, the caveat to all of this is he's doing whatever he can to potentially avoid a major surgery, which then, you know, is going to put him up for a while. And knowing that since he's not been with the Canadians this year, Carey Price has been really active in the Montreal community, which I think is surprising to a lot of people because he's always been a very private person. He was at the Canadians blood drive. He was at the Alouettes game where his daughter was bringing him stuff from fans for him to sign, taking photos with people. And I get the sense that he wants to be back out there, but at the biggest time, he just wants to be able to live a normal life right now we talked about how going up the stairs and bringing his kids to bed 
it's something that he can't do without pain right now. And they did the uh, plasma rich injections trying to, I, I got, I asked someone about this because they posted a thing about what the actual surgery would potentially be. And the plasma rich infusion is to try and spur the body into naturally healing that by injecting it with plasma. And it's just not taking right now. And the option to fix that is they're going to graft new cartilage into his knee where it was injured is what it sounds like. And the body has to take that. And the hard part about that is the knee doesn't have a ton of blood flow to it. It's not a very, you know, blood vessel rich area on the body, which makes healing knee injuries very difficult because that brings you the nutrients, the platelets, all the things that heal that. And above all else, he's not ruling out. He's not saying he's retired, at least not today. He's not. And it's the biggest thing out of all of this is that, you know, you just want Carey Price to uh, be healthy again. And he talked a lot. And I think there was a good point that he paraphrased Marshawn Lynch. You know, he said, take care of your body, take care of your mind, take care of your mentals. And most of all, take care of your chickens. And I think he gets it is that he's gone through the absolute ringer from the time he was drafted all the way through now injuries, you know, half the fan base wanting him traded him becoming the anointed starter to being the backup to almost not being the guy at all all the way up to that Stanley Cup final run. And they asked him, knowing what you know about your knee now, would you go back and do that that cup run again? He said, yes. Jake Allen, you know, the locker room didn't know how badly he was hurt, which either Carey Price is the world's greatest actor or someone's lying. And I think it's a little of both. And I, before I let Laura finish on any parting thoughts, uh, Brendan Gallagher is among many of the belief that number 31 should be in the rafters as soon as Carey Price wants it to be. And I find it very hard to disagree with that fact. This is something that comes up a lot. And I think the fact that he hasn't won like, you know, 11 Stanley Cups or whatever um, <laughs> is, is, and I don't mean to denigrate that. Sorry. It just, it just means that like, you know, today's NHL is very different. There's more teams, there's more parity. There's so many more factors that go into winning a championship. And I think that we're in a different era. And so if you're salt, if you're, contextualizing it with just the era that we live in and the era that Carey Price played in, he absolutely deserves to have his numbers up in the rafters. I don't know that the Canadians as an organization would do that. And I do know that a bunch of people in the comments are going to be yelling at me about this. And you know what? I don't care. I think that he belongs in the rafters. I think that he's going to be a hall of fame goaltender, uh, you know, as soon as he's eligible. I don't, you know, I think, I think he's, 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 we're not, you know, 109 years ago or whatever it is at this point we are now i think 114 years old the team is 113 100 I don't 130 it's, they're old they're very they're old. old they're very old right <laughs> so like we're living in the last 20 years of that that era we are no longer the stanley cup uh you know perennial stanley cup winners we're not even perennial stanley cup contenders so at this point i think harry price deserves to have his number retired and i understand I've been thinking about this because I got asked about this. I get asked about this a lot. And I initially, I was like, no, you have to be like a Jean Beliveau. You have to be like a Richard or something. I don't, I don't see it that way anymore because I don't think that there's ever going to be an era like that. You know, even those dynasties are, are the last time we saw them was the eighties and the early nineties. So I think today in today's world, Carey Price is not only a hall of fame goaltender, but he is a number retired goaltender and I hope that we see him on the ice again. 
But if we don't, my opinion will not change. You know, if he doesn't have to win that Stanley Cup for me to say that he deserves to have his number retired. Uh, if we are looking for the length of the Canadians before we go on to our next segment here, uh, they were roughly two and a quarter reign of Queen Elizabeth the second, uh, in case you're wondering how old the Montreal Canadians are. And um, obviously this Carey Price story is not done. It will not be done by a long shot until the day that he finally says the R word and retires. Uh, but we do have to shift gears to the current team. And speaking of goaltending, it's going to be the deciding factor in this Minnesota wild game. We're going to touch on that and more coming up in our next segment. But first a word from the folks at athletic green who have a product you should be using every single morning to help you get your day off on the right foot. And if you want to know what Athletic Greens is, you're going to be getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. And this blend is uh, full of ingredients that help support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things all inside one little thing here. And it's lifestyle-friendly, so whether you're on keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free – they have a formula that is good for you. There's no GMOs, less than one gram of sugar, and it helps support better sleep, sleep quality and recovery with mental clarity and alertness. It's one of the best parts of Athletic Greens, and they have over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No more million different pills, supplements, anything. Just one scoop in your cup of water in the morning. And to make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. Great with winter right around the corner and the sunlight going away. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. And please, when you're done checking us out, please check out Game to Game NHL on the Lockdown NHL feed. They will have everything that you are possibly looking for from around the NHL. And speaking of the Canadians and goaltending and former goalies who are from Quebec, the Minnesota Wild are rolling into the Bell Center, and they are a very scary offensive team. Their power play, very good, very dangerous. We saw what a good Wild team could do to the Montreal Canadiens last year. They, they beat Montreal badly, very badly. The good news is they are off to a very bad start this year. They have a worse record than the Canadiens. They are 1-3-1 and one this season. Offense still looks great. Laura, I, I don't know if you saw my tweet about this or not, so I'm going to ask you, Can with Marc-Andre Fleury starting, can you guess his goals against average and his save percentage this season? Uh, save percentage is something like 883. No. Lower. Oh, wow. Um, 821? Higher than that. He, 855? He... You're right in the right area. Marc-Andre Fleury has an 847 save percentage this season, which is second on the team to Philip Gustafson, who has an 860 save percentage. Fantastic. Guess his goals against average. Four. Higher. Five. Higher. Six. Lower. Five and a half. 
5.25 in four starts. <laughs> it's not, it's not great. It's not good. And someone pointed out that he goes through this very weird three-year pattern where he is elite, average, garbage, like clockwork. And we appear to be in the Marc-Andre Fleury is having a garbage season year, which as K point, our friend K pointed out on Twitter means he's going to shut out the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow night in front of everybody because of course he is. The thing about this game is it's a great test for the Canadians because their defense will be tested and Jake Allen will be tested. Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau have both been very good this season, like extremely good for what they are. And all due respect to Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau, but neither of them are superstar goalies. They are going to be They've tested. Been very, 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 very competent. I've, I've loved, I love their game so far for the most part. There've been some stinkers for on And at the same time, I don't, part, but. It's hard to blame Jake Allen on some of those things. Like I look at the way the defense played against Dallas and it's like, how are you going to stop Joe Pavelski from roofing it in a slot this high? Allen did everything right, except not be an inch taller. Like uh, I, and the thing about this is Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Boldy, all these guys who are on the Minnesota wild roster are still dangerous pieces. Their power play is still very good. So it's going to be up to the Canadians to stay out of the box in this. And if they can do that, I don't see any reason they can't win this game. Their counterattacking offense lends itself to bend, don't break. And if they can exploit the wild and their, quite frankly, inefficient goaltending, I feel like we could be in for another surprising night. But at the same time, this has the all the makings of a game that could very easily go off the rails in very short order. And I don't think uh, you or I want to watch Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau suffer through another 8-2 Minnesota Wild game. I feel like this is going to be one of those games in which Kirby Doc and Sean Monaghan are going to be a big factor. Their creativity and their chemistry is really um, something where I think that we're talking about how their defense and their goaltending has been pretty shoddy of late. You need to take advantage of those. You need to take advantage of those opportunities and capitalize on mistakes. And I think those two are definitely the beginning of it. I do think that Jake Evans as well uh, is is somebody who might not be you know an offensive dynamo, but he's really good at picking those spots, um, and he might be able to begin or generate uh, turnovers and transition a little bit. Uh, I, I I am excited to see Cole Caulfield perform against them as well. I know we're going to talk a little bit about him in our in our um, updated mailbag or in our leftover mailbag uh, that's coming up in the next segment, but. I definitely feel that this is one of those games where they've got that offensive power, which is, it, it's not clicking right now, but you know that the, the personnel is there. So this is a game for Caden Gooley to really step it up and shine as if he hasn't, you know, it's, it's not that he hasn't. I just think that this is one of those tests for him, those early tests in his career that he's going to be able to learn a lot from. Um, I, and as we mentioned in our previous episode, David Savard, David Savard has kind of found uh, some aspects of his game that are that are a little bit better, fewer mistakes. Kind of, he's getting used to the the really tough assignment he's been given. Uh, I also want to see Jordan Harris against the Minnesota Wild. I think that this is one of those games where you need your solid, steady, steady guy. But I think the key is going to be Doc and Monahan. I And I know that I am very much going against fate here. Uh, the Minnesota Wild penalty kill is ranked 21st in the NHL. The Canadians are ranked 11th. The Wild power play is second in the NHL at 36.4%. And the Canadians somehow are not last 
Uh, Jay, we love you. We're so sorry. Uh, how do the Blue Jackets not have a power play goal this season yet? If we talk a lot about get right games and matches in other sports, this is your opportunity as the Montreal Canadiens to try and get that penalty kill on track. The Wilds penalty kill is not anything crazy special right now. It is there to be taken advantage of. And I'm not saying I want them to score everything on the power play. I'd love to see them dominate at five on five a little bit in this game. But at the same time, it, you have to acknowledge that the Wild are there to be taken. This game is a game that the Canadians can definitely win. And it's a good shout to see some of the fourth line. They played really well against Dallas. Is this going to be a Rem Pitlick revenge game? Is Jake Evans going to get on the board? I think this is a good opportunity for Kirby Doc and Sean Monaghan. Like you said, they're missing Uri Slavkovsky. They likely will through the end of the week as he gets more tests on his upper body injury. Good news is it doesn't seem like it's a concussion, which is a benefit right now, but I, I am curious to see how this game goes because it can go off the rails in one of two ways very, very quickly. Um, and then there's Buffalo on Thursday night, which we will preview later on uh, in this week. But we do have some leftover mailbag questions from last week that we are going to dive into. And that's all coming up in our final segment. We are back. We are locked on Canadians. And I know that we usually do this on Friday, but we have some leftover questions. If you ever want to send us mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, locked on Canadians at gmail.com or in the YouTube comments, don't be a jerk. Simple as that. Uh, Laura, what do we have in the leftover mailbag today? This is actually leftovers from a couple of weeks of mailbag. So if you did these questions, please let me know. We did, did we do the surprising player that will still be here and a surprising player that will be gone? I... I don't know if we, I, I thought we did, but I can't remember because we've done a lot of episodes and there's been a lot happening. I think um, okay, we... so here's the question uh, okay. from Jeffers84. Name a surprising player that will still be here next season and a surprising player that will be gone next year. I think a surprising player that will still be here is going to be one of our Mia or Mike Hoffman. Whether they've been tried to be traded or not, I think they're going to be a surprise that they are still here. Uh, as for someone who a surprising one who might go, I wouldn't be surprised if they flipped someone like a Chris Weidman, despite the fact they brought him in for a certain task, but they have so many young guys and they have young guys behind that and they're still going to get healthy. There are teams that could like to use a guy like Chris Weidman, I don't think they're going to trade any of the young guys, not with how well uh, Harris, Gooley, and Jack I have played so far. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see someone like uh, Chris Weidman be one of the first ones out, or even a Christian Dvorak, despite the fact that I think they like a lot of what he's brought to the table so far. I'm going to go a little bit more radical than you. The surprising player that will still be here next season will be Sean Monaghan. Um, the surprising player that will be gone next year is going to be Brendan Gallagher. Have at it in the comments. I'm ready. That's, <laughs> that is bold. I thought you were going to say Jake Allen for a no. second, which also a bold. That, that, would, that wouldn't surprise me, actually. Like, he's, he's got good trade value and he's playing well. So, you know, you, all those teams with disastrous goaltending, they're going to come calling. Um, except for the Toronto Maple Leafs who would rather shoot themselves in the foot than get competent goaltending. If you, hey, 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 if you're too mean to Matt Murray, you're going to make him miss another four to six weeks with hurt feelings. How dare you? 
Well, that'll not be the only thing that he's hurt this year so far. Um, Jeff the Red asks, if and when things get bad this season, this podcast will be my lifeline for some Habs-related enjoyment. Are you comfortable with that? That's a lot of pressure, Jeff. Uh, it is. Uh, my advice is do not put all your eggs into a sports basket, um, <laughs> as I have learned in therapy over the last couple months. Um, we do appreciate your support, and we're glad that even if things go south in a hurry to know that you are here. Um, but I will say invest in another hobby, uh, which is a big thing. Uh, go play Elden Ring, because if you want to watch something make you miserable and watch it, you struggle to achieve anything, you might as well do it while playing a video game. So... Um, I appreciate the challenge. We appreciate the support. Please, please do not use this as a lifeline. Uh, neither of us We're... are certified uh, um, therapists <laughs> or psychologists. To do or that. lifeguards even. <laughs> uh, no, I am actually. Oh, so really? yeah, I am a certified lifeguard. Um, this I got is our it. fourth year working together and I'm still learning so much from you from the mailbag. <laughs> it was the easiest summer job I ever had. I got paid so much to sit in a chair and watch people jump off the high dive. Anyways. That's besides the point. That's another, that's a question for another day. Um, Jeff, the red also asks, this is, I mean, this is at the very beginning of the season. So we are a few games in a few weeks in, but I'm still going to ask the question because it has value. Barring injury, who will play more games this season before any trade Hoffman or Drew Wayne? Well, um, <laughs> Hoffman's winning by the sheer fact that Jonathan Drouin was scratched for what the first three games of the season. So like so far, um, I would not be shocked that if the fourth line experiment with Hoffman continues to work out and he continues to drive play in the right direction, that some team comes knocking and then Drouin gets those other minutes too. But um, just off a of sheer the games played like we've seen so far it's going to be mike hoffman who seems immune to being healthy scratched for whatever reason so i'm not being mean to him i'm not being mean to him because he hasn't done anything wrong today anyways so all right we've got a couple more questions along these lines so uh francis t on youtube who from this list will stay with the team after this year's trade deadline monahan anderson drewain Dadnov, Hoffman, and Dvorak. Uh, Dvorak, Anderson, I can both see staying with the team past the deadline. Um, Druan, if he's playing well, will be in high demand, I think, for some teams who want that high-skill kind of player. Um, and I know we will touch on this uh, as the season goes on. Sean Monaghan uh, is quickly becoming a very big fan favorite for the Montreal Canadiens. I'm going to be sad to see him go at this point. But they already got a first round pick to take him on and they can get another one and then just sign him again in the offseason if they wanted to. Right. Um, so this is the this is a, this answers a question from Paul G. Question for the mailbag would trading Sean M at the deadline and then signing him in free agency be an option? It's an option. It always is. And that's the thing is if the team wants to bring him back in a secure role, because let's say they want to trade Christian DeVark now that they know that Sean Monaghan is healthy. And they want that middle six to bottom six center that they can trust to take faceoffs to help kill penalties to play on the power play. They can get a lot for Devorah because he has a longer contract and he's a little bit younger. And then bring Monahan back because they know he fits. That is absolutely an option. Will they do it? I I don't know. It all depends on Owen Beck 
and Philip Mashar and some of the younger guys coming up is do they have the space to make that happen? And what are the contract demands going to be? It's absolutely an option. I don't know if the Canadians will take it, but I'm not opposed to entertaining that idea right now. We've got a question from Dan S, which is something that we're probably going to be talking about until the contract is signed. Question for the mailbag. Should Caulfield get paid more than Suzuki on his next contract? Suzuki seems like a point of game player and Caulfield scores a lot of goals, but Suzuki does more for the Habs than just score. Could you rationalize Caulfield making more? And if so, why? I don't think he will just because he's not a center. Uh, simple as that. He doesn't kill penalties like Nick Suzuki does. I can see him making close to what Nick Suzuki makes, but unless he's like guaranteed 50 goals, which is not, no one is guaranteed 50 goals except for like prime Alex Ovechkin and maybe Austin Matthews right now. Um, I don't think he's going to get more than Suzuki, but I do think he will make very close to that based on the way that he started already. The only, like I said, the only way I could rationalize that is he absolutely goes off and scores at a 50, 60 goal pace. And they go, okay, we got to get him locked up long-term before the offer sheets come in. Um, I don't think they're going to, I think he's still going to come in anywhere between six and a half and seven and a half million dollars. And I am hoping Kent, Jeff, whomever, if you are listening to this podcast right now, you should do that soon because it would help relieve some of my anxiety a little <laughs> bit. Please. And thank you. Um, we've got a, a couple of really good questions, actually. One of them is going to be a bit contentious, so I'm going to leave it till the end and we're going to get killed in the comments for it. Um, so, uh, Mr. T Valley guy question, a playoff team feels the need to toughen up for the playoff grind. And they ask about Arbor Jack. I no. Do you listen. I, oh no, you don't trade him. I, I, you don't trade that commodity at this point. There's... You listen, though, because you want to see what all the teams are willing to give up. And I mean, absolutely. Another player. I look at it this way, though, as I go, you have a guy who has absolutely rocketed up your prospect pool with actual on-ice talent and his toughness as a great added bonus. Do not trade that unless you are getting a package that you cannot say no to. And I don't know what that entails, but if there is a team that wants to give up a ton for a rookie defenseman who can who is arbor jack eye you let them do that because more often than not these things don't pan out the way they might you might expect them to and i also don't think the habs are going to be entertaining any offers on that because i don't think they want to hear any offers on that right now i would listen though because i want to know i want to know what's there i want to know what the package is i want to know what the offers are so i definitely listen but i i don't think i would trade him like i re i really don't see the habs trading him and as like personally i wouldn't either uh, and finally, a mailback question from Adam Yu. Is the nickname Wi-Fi for Jack Eye mocking his foreign-sounding name? I feel like the internet, the intent may not be malicious, but calling him Wi-Fi because his name doesn't read like a typical Western name seems wrong to me, even if he's cool with it. It's like suggesting his name is gibberish. I think the sheriff is better as it respects his actions and identity as a player. What are your thoughts? So... This was actually has been going around Twitter a lot. And I had a discussion with a couple of people in that it, it's based off of his teammates doing it. And I think adopting it outside of that does make it seem a little bit weird. Um, and there's a similar situation. The soccer club that I support just hired Unai Emery as their brand new manager. And when he was managing Arsenal, 
his accent, instead of saying good evening, sounded like good evening with a B. And I realized that a lot of people go, we shouldn't be mocking someone's accent as they make an attempt to speak in a language that is not their first or strongest language. And I look at this and that if the teammates want to call him Wi-Fi or his close friends want to do that, I am okay with that. I think I'm going to go back to sticking to the sheriff or Axe X. Um, as someone put it, uh, Jack Hammer with, you know, X-H-E um, Hammer there. And I think all of those are just as good. They call them the sheriff in Kitchener and Hamilton. I, I don't think it's intentionally malicious, but I do understand where people are coming from in that I think he might be one of the first few, if any, Albanian NHL players. He's Czech Albanian. And I do understand why, you know, it might be seen as uh, disparaging to some people. And I, I understand that. So if other people want to do that, I'm not going to police that. That's not my ground to do so because he seems to be okay with that. But I also think for myself, I'm just going to stick to one of the other 7,000 nicknames that he has been given already. And I don't think that's unfair to say. If he's okay with it, cool. I'm just going to stick to something else. There's a million nicknames out there for him. So, Yeah, I I do kind of agree with that. I think there's a tendency when somebody says, oh, well, Wi-Fi is fun. It's funny. He was laughing when he said it to say, oh, people are too offended these days. Everyone's so easily offended. Everyone's so woke. I don't know how many people like have to have have to live the immigrant experience where you're always made to feel like an outsider. You're always made to feel like a weirdo, but I have. Um, and I got to tell you, it is really, really dehumanizing. So when people say everyone is too sensitive, you, you, you haven't had to deal with that. Right. So like at the same time, obviously I don't think that the teammates had malicious intent behind it. We talked about it, right? Like, it's not malicious. The intent is not malicious. Um, but I also think that there's a certain level of like, like sometimes people will say like, can I call you this thing? And I, I'd say, I don't mind, but like other Lebanese people might find that offensive. Like, can I call you this other thing? And I'd say, I don't mind. I'm not offended by it, but other people might find it offensive. So don't go calling them an Armo or a Leb or whatever, because sometimes that's used as derogatory. But for me, I don't care. Right. So I don't mind if my friends call me that, but at the people at large calling each other that, like I can't speak for the other people that are the target that are, of, of something that's usually said in a derogatory way. So for me, again, like I'm not going to use it. I think it's funny that the teammates, you know, came up with it and he's okay with it and he's happy with it. But there are so many other good nicknames for him that I personally, I'm just going to use. I, th I, I I don't like the sheriff as much as I like the jackhammer. Like, I think that's so good. There's so many good ones that it's like it, it, you can pick and choose a different one every single time. And I think that's OK. You know, we're not going to tell people what they can and can't say. That's not our spot. If he's OK with it. Cool. I, I am waiting for, you know, Bell or whoever, you know, what not to do an Internet home ad with him at this point because he's. He's the number one search player on Hockey DB and Elite Prospects in the past week. He was an undrafted fans. Yeah, just bonkers. Um, like we said, um, send us your best Arbor Jack Eye uh, nicknames if you want to on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians with your mailbag questions uh, or email them to us at lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. And as always, make sure you're following Laura at the Active Stick. Follow me at Scott Matla. And when you were done checking us out here at Lockdown Canadians, please check out Lockdown NHL, where they have all the stuff you need after every single night 
That's Locked On NHL. You can follow them on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts and whatnot. We will see you all after the wild game.